welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is john ivans from bedrock investment group welcome john thank you rama it's great to be with you today thanks for being on the show a little bit about john John has been investing in real estate for 2 years while taking the first year to learn and build a process for purchasing income producing assets. John closed on his first deal last year when he acquired a duplex in his local market which he also self manages. John is also a licensed property manager for the state of South Carolina and is currently in the process of building property management company. John recently partnered with a seasoned real estate professional and together they currently have 750,000 in their portfolio under management. So with that John would you like to add anything to your background? No, I think you uh, you covered it well. Thank you for the introduction. I appreciate that. Thank you. So how did you get started into real estate and multifamily, John? Well, when I was younger, um I was actually raised by my grandparents and my grandmother. She actually had a small mobile home park as I was growing up. And then she also inherited, you know, from her family a few commercial properties. And those were about an hour away from from where we lived. You know, and I would help her manage the day-to-day operations mostly after school, on the weekends and that type of thing, you know, cutting the grass, simple maintenance around the homes. Also help with turning the properties, you know, when someone moved out, you know, when a tenant moved out. You know, so basically I was earning gas money and education which I didn't realize at the time, Rama. You know, it was pretty cool. She used to always she had this saying for me. She said, you know, those assets produced money, you know, to buy your truck and also is is though, you know, that money is going to send you to college one day. You know, at that point I didn't really understand the level of that mindset of what she was saying and and, and what she meant by saying those assets produce money, you know, for you to be able to do things and for us to be able to buy you a vehicle and all that type of stuff. You know, so I was more focused on the the go to school, get a degree, get a job. Same mentality a lot of investors, you know, that uh that that we know, you know, have and start out with. You know, so I, my goal was to go go get a job and save as much as I could and build my 401k. And as I was doing that, it became very boring, so to speak. You know, I, I was saving and, and didn't really have any control over over my money and, and what I was doing whenever I had people in the background, you know, like in my IRA, you know, trading back and forth and, and then charging me a fee. You know, so quickly I, I realized, hey, I need to do something else if I want to build wealth, you know, rather quickly and be able to create um, you know, personal freedom to be able to help others, which is really my goal. I, I love helping other people, so uh, that's what I want to do with this, you know, with this multifamily venture that we're we're exploring. You know, so then I found bigger pockets, you know, uh, several articles about real estate and podcasts. I watched multiple over and over, hours and hours on end, educate myself. Found Ken McElroy, joined his group, you know, and then also a lot of material on, you know, multifamily red rich dad poor dad and, and that really got me in a different mindset i shifted my mindset at that time I started thinking about liabilities versus assets which is you know what really got me juiced up because i understood it i understand the way money works so that really helped me you know and then also you know i, I walked several properties in the meantime while i was learning you know roughly really 50 to 60 properties during my lunch breaks on the weekends just kind of out there hustling to, to try to find a deal because the market was so hot still is hot you know basically 
that I was looking for things, you know, properties like single family homes, you know, something I could either flip or rent, you know, whichever way the numbers made sense. You know, once I'd walk those properties, I'd run home and I'd run the numbers to see if it made sense. They didn't make sense. So I, I looked at a lot of deals and like I said, mostly single family. And then all of a sudden, you know, I got thinking about it as I was running the numbers and I said, wow, this thing's, you know, vacant. That's a hundred percent loss. So I, so I, I'm a hundred percent, you know, liable to pay that payment and, you know, do anything that needs to be done to it without any, uh, you know, capital back on, on my investment. So I started thinking in the multiples and then that's whenever I really, you know, started looking at duplexes, quadplexes, you know, starting off small so I could learn on my own and then grow from there. You know, so I found this duplex that I, that I bought last year and basically it was bought off market. I bought it off market by telling people what I wanted to do. And that's how I really got started in, in the real estate investing. I told a, you know, a friend of mine one day we were walking out, out of work, walking to the vehicles, you know, to our vehicles in the parking lot. And he said he was moving, said he, he was uh, moving to Florida. And I was like, wow, so where do you live? And he said, well, I, I house hack. And I was like, oh, you know what house hacking is? He was like, yeah. You know, he said back in Indiana, I used to own some rental properties. And I was like, oh, wow. So basically he lived in one side and he rented the other side. So three days later, I was walking the property. And a week later, we went out to eat one night. I invited him out to dinner because I wanted to make an offer. And I made an offer. One week later, I bought it. That's how I got started. Awesome. So any challenges you faced during early stages of multifamily or real estate journey and how did you overcome them? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. You know, one, tell, when you start telling people, you know, within your group that don't really understand you know, investing in real estate, they've always heard of real estate, but they don't necessarily understand the investing side of it. You know, they just look at it as buying and selling, or they look at it as a primary, you know, your primary residence. And a lot of, you know, people, that's all they know about real estate is just the house they live in. You know, so when I started talking about it to the average person, they were like, oh, you know, no, there's no way you want to do that. You know, that all these horror stories, you know, they would be the first to give me someone else's horror story about owning a rental property, but they didn't own any property, you know? And so I, I had that challenge in the beginning. And the first problem with this is, you know, those individuals don't understand, you know, that if you actually take the time to learn and build processes as you go and then operate it as a business, you know, then you're buying into an asset and you're also buying into people, which are your customers, you know, the tenants. And I, and I like to refer to them as customers. That's what they are. And if you buy into them, you treat them well, you know, more times than not, they're going to treat your asset with care as well, you know, most of the time. So, you know, I think kind of getting over that hurdle of listening to no, you know, is one of the challenges that I faced. And one way I overcame that was, you know, I began, you know, like I, like I was telling you, I began looking at bigger pockets, talking with like-minded investors, like-minded, you know, entrepreneurs um, that have the entrepreneurial mindset and spirit. You know, I joined some mastermind groups, one being the one you and I met in, you know, MFIN, Multifamily Investor Nation with Dan Hanford. You know, I joined that and, you know, Dan's in South Carolina. So, it was pretty cool to actually found someone that was close by doing, you know, deals on the scale that his group's doing. So I felt like that was a fit for me to join that group. And I tell you, it's been very rewarding. So, you know, that's one way I overcome it as well. And then, uh, you know, also reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I kind of developed a different mindset, you know, around investing and the way cash flow works, you know, thinking about the cash flow quadrant, you know, just studying and then just engulfing myself and, and how, you know, building your asset column, you know, is totally different than, than your liabilities. And you got to have more assets uh, that, you know, than liabilities if you, if you want to make it in this space. So, um, you know, that, that was one way. And also another thing is, um, you know, recently my, my business partner and I have joined a mentorship. So that was something I thought was very important on, you know, coming across a 
challenge if you don't really know how to handle it because you haven't been there before. You know, a lot of times in this, uh, you know, in the investing world, you don't, and if you're in investing other people's money, you know, if you have investors on board with you, you don't want to take chances and not know how to face a hurdle head on. You want to know how to, you know, have a solution for those hurdles as they come up. So we took it upon ourselves to join a mentorship here recently, and we're in uh Robert Beardsley's mentorship program. Uh, Rob is the principal and founding partner of uh, Lone Star Capital Group. He has been a tremendous help to us so far, you know, helping us create processes and, and building, basically starting and building a business around multifamily deals and looking at larger assets. And he's really opened our mind to, you know, how you can actually go about doing that. And, and one thing I'd like to mention is he, you know, he wrote that uh, he's the author of Definitive Guide to Underwriting Multifamily Acquisitions. And in that book, what I learned when I read, uh, before I ever even reached out to Rob, you know, was when you're looking at taking down large assets, you must let the data speak. You know, you can't go wrong. You got to look at all the data points and, and you must let the data speak whenever you're you're out there uh, acquiring these large multifamily deals. Awesome. That's a great book, John. Yeah, it's, it's a very good read and, and it's easy to understand once you, you know, once you understand the, uh, the finance behind it. Right. So what are your focus markets and why? Yeah, currently, you know, we're always looking in our backyard, you know, right here in our local market. In South Carolina, we see, you know, we see some opportunity here in our local market for some value add projects, you know, and I know uh, with the market so hot, it's kind of hard to even talk about value add, but we do see it. We, we actually uh, submitted an LOI on a 56 unit deal uh, right here in our backyard. And, you know, we're still kind of waiting to hear back on that. It was off market and we reached out, we got a broker that we've booked some uh, relationships with. We've actually booked some relationships with, with several, but um, one in particular that we've been talking to a good bit, we, we started shaking the bush and, um, you know, and the, the owner is actually open to a, to an offer. So we've made an offer on that. We're also looking in Columbia, which is about an hour and 20 minutes away from us, more so on the Lexington side of Columbia, and then uh, also in Somerville, uh, which is a submarket of Charleston. You know, getting in the mentorship program with Rob has really helped us. You know, he's, he's kind of pushed us to look outside of our local market. If we really want to expand and grow, you know, and if we want to add value to our investors, uh, you know, we have a small core group of investors that's on board right now with us that, that um, you know, believe in what we're doing. And, and if we're going to place their money in an asset, it's got to be the right one. You know, we don't want to make a mistake. So that's where we are. Okay, great. So, and what's your investment criteria for selecting a deal? Yeah, that's also a really good question. So when we joined, um, you know, with, with Rob's mentorship group, he got us thinking in a, you know, a different mindset, which I thought was really good. We have always looked at market data, but, but you know, now we have kind of a five-step process that we're following and we go in and we look at the market we look at you know uh, rent growth over over a certain period of time you know we, we try to go back three to five years if not more um, you know what's the market doing what's the crime rates what's the neighborhoods look like you know those are some of the things we, we look at right off the bat and then obviously we, we have a little spreadsheet that we put together where we're actually underwriting our own deals now where we we go in and we we can we can tell pretty quickly um, if it's a deal we want to do or not, and if we're getting you know some type of, of discount on the property, um, and, and we look at that very hard. We look at the numbers very hard. A lot of data-driven you know decisions is how we do it. Right. So, and what's your plan to raise capital for your deals? Yeah. Well, you know, currently we have we actually have a couple. Of, you know, we're going to start off like this as basically friends and family. You know, and then we're going to you know take and grow the funnel, so to speak. So we have some, uh, you know, currently we have some friends and family that, that have offered to, you know, we've approached them and kind of told them what we're, what we're doing and we've showed them some, some good data that backs up our, uh, 
you know, our plan. And we have some uh, local investors also that, that are on board to uh, put up some capital for us and, and get us going. And then, once you know, once we do that, we're looking to, uh, you know, to, to kind of build on our, our base of investors and, and begin uh, searching outside of our current market. And, and with Rob's help, I feel very confident we can do that. He, ha- he has a really good process and, you know, he has closed on many deals already. So he's got the know-how. We have the open mind to learn. So I think that combination is going to be a uh, creative success for both sides, Rob and, and uh, my partner and I. Great. And uh, so one of the property you're managing yourself and how about other property? Who manages that? Yeah, we do. We actually have them under management ourselves. We, we don't have any third party management at this time. We do it all. Okay. So why you want to start your own property management company at this point? Yeah, really good question. You know, we see opportunity in our current market and also some of the other markets that we've studied, um, you know, roughly an hour or so away from us is we see a, a need for, you know, kind of a tiered type approach where, you know, we, we also have a, a team team member on, on our team that's looking to basically join in on the maintenance side of things. And, and we want to offer value to investors, you know, where we go in and we, we physically take care of their property and their customers to be able to add value to the property and create, you know, growth in their, in their investment. What we find a lot of times is, you know, you go to certain markets and you see a lot of the um, management company, property management companies, they're basically just placing tenants and that's about it. They're turning the properties and we see a need to where we can go in and show them the, the statement, the balance sheet on that property. And then, you know, here's where you start and this is what we want to do to try to help you improve the value of your property and also the value of what your customer is receiving to live in, basically the product of what they're living in, you know, and invest time in that. And, you know, going through the uh, the property management course that I went through here in, here in, uh, in a local market, it was very eye-opening because, you know, there was a lot of um, data that you could put together for an investor and say, hey, this is where you could be and this is where you are now. You know, if you're at under market rents and, and just basically a small increase in, in rents just to get up to market, you know, not go extremely high and not put it out of reach, but to go just up to market rents increases the value of the property. You know, and in your underwriting sheets, you can show that and you actually show the data. And, and that's what we're looking to do is just go in and create value where we see. And then also we have some opportunities to, to get into some of the apartments, managing the apartments that are here in our area. There's some, you know, larger deals here where we, they're just, some of them are run down and we just feel like there's a need to go in there and, um, you know, create some value for those investors. That's what we're looking to do. So apart from your deals, are you managing any outside properties as well? I've been a part of helping a local investor with four, four units, basically just, just giving, you know, kind of giving some advice and, um, and some, I guess you call it coaching on what he could do in order to be able to um, increase the value in his properties cool but not current yeah not currently um 100 managing those but but more on the kind of advising standpoint with him and we're friends so it's a win-win situation got it and what kind of systems or software you're using for property management yeah i currently use avail.co it's, it's more geared towards kind of you know your, your smaller portfolios um, and i find it very user-friendly and also um, the tenants like it so uh, th- that's what we're using right now and it is fairly automated real user-friendly and i like it so far great so would you like to share any of your best apartment investing experience so far yeah sure so when i you know when i bought the duplex i'd say i you know i definitely started off you know i'm starting off we're starting off you know kind of small compared to some of the other investors out there you know the thing is is i've learned a lot in a short amount of time with doing that you know one being i learned the buy-in process also uh, you know i learned who do i need to contact for each part of the process you know and then build build on that process to use it over 
over and over for future deals. You know, I learned how to create a lease agreement with my, with an attorney involved. Um, that way there's no loopholes. You know, you want to make sure you have a really good lease agreement. It needs to be, um, you know, within the laws of the state that you're investing in. Um, you know, I learned what banks to look for, what type of financing, you know, just a lot of, a lot of good value in buying your first deal, whether it be large or small, you know, you as long as you create a process um, around it and, and learn by what you're doing, you know, I think, um, you know, it, it creates a best experience, so to speak. Awesome. So would you like to share any worst apartment investing experience, both active or property management side? Yeah. Well, I did have a hiccup on the duplex. So I'll go to that one. We, so we're in the South and in termites, they love, you know, dead plants and trees and woods. So we had, you know, in the back of this property, it's actually in a, a townhome community really is what it's in. So there's, there's, a, it makes up of, there's 13 buildings and there's uh and each of them are duplexes. So it's a total of 26 doors and in each of them are rentals and, and they're owned by, you know, uh, different investors. Some of them have two or three buildings and, and, you know, some investors just have one building. So on the back of the building, there's a lot of oak trees. It's in a really good neighborhood and a really good spot. It's surrounded by a lot of big, beautiful oak trees that, you know, are hundred years old. Well, on the back of this particular um, lot, I kind of, I kind of have a corner lot. So I don't have anyone beside me on one side and then there's a building on the other side of it and it kind of breaks up the property and then goes down a little hill. But on this particular uh, lot, there's some old trees in the back behind the uh, unit. And, you know, when I, when I bought it, I noticed that. So I knew immediately, you know, those would have to come down and you know, I took that in consideration when I made my offer. So, but what I didn't know is when we went through the, through the process of, of getting the property looked at from an inspection standpoint on the back, there's actually a sunroom, which is pretty cool. It's a nice, nice little area, you know, for someone to store stuff in or, or hang out in and, and um, it has a lot of big windows and it creates a lot of natural sunlight. Well, when I walked the property, I noticed going through due diligence that the back door had some rot on the bottom of it. So I knew I had to replace that door. And I did a lot of work myself on this property when I went in and did the renovations on that on one side of it. The other side is rented by a seven-year tenant that is a great, I inherited a great tenant, couldn't ask for a better one. But um, so a friend of mine, the one that I was talking about earlier, it's a CNH Maintenance Services that actually helped me with a lot of the repairs. He's a, he's a really good friend of mine. So we went in and we tore the door out, took the frame and everything out. When we did, we found termites and they were everywhere. So we had to basically, we created what we call kind of a chase process. So we started chasing. We went to each window frame and each window frame we went to four windows across the back each window frame had termites in it and they had eaten the inside of the two by fours and also the structural beams up top at the door they had eaten through all of them so they were basically hollow i basically took a hammer and when i would hit the two by four it would go through the two by four and so <laughs> we tore it all out and that was my big uh-oh moment we had to replace everything all the way up until the corner of the uh, sunroom so the face of the sunroom going on the north side of the property was fine, you know, but the other side facing all the old dead trees was where the termites had gotten. So that was roughly 4,200 bucks in repairs that I did not underwrite. So I had 4,200 bucks I had to pull out of my pocket. Well, that was also a positive as well. So in many ways, that was a positive. So I tried to take all my negatives and turn them into a positive, of course. But, uh, you know, that basically saved about six grand. Whenever we went in and we started looking at the repairs, the materials and labor and what it was going to cost if we would have called an outside company in, it was roughly ten to $12,000 estimated. So I took that ten to 12000 and we basically spent about 4200 and we did it right. You know, we actually put a new roof on, on the, the sunroom as well because we found some termite activity on some of my cross beams up top and I just didn't want to take the chance of uh you know of that spreading for the uh you know for the future and then not giving the uh 
you know, the tenant a, a safe place to live. So we just basically went in and replaced a lot of it. And then I got a new termite or a new pest control company. I hired a new pest control company as well to come in and uh, do an assessment and also spray and, and put a penetrant in the ground. So we're good to go now. We've moved past that hurdle. So uh, that, uh, that was a pretty, uh, pretty tough experience to swallow when I had to pull out 4,200 that I didn't um, anticipate. Thanks for sharing. Well, what is your current focus and what are you excited about now? Yeah, current focus, you know, is starting the Bedrock Investment Group. My partner and I, we, you know, we're looking at a lot of things. So we've we've already got our logo started. You know, we are building the website this weekend. Our our drop dead date there to have it up and going is is uh, the 14th of this month. So so we're busy doing that, focused on that as well, and then also continuing to grow the portfolio. So so we're continuing putting in LOIs and we're continuing to go out there, you know, shake the bush and try to find properties that we can buy. You know, that that's not you know, at an extreme cost because everything right now is just very hot and, um, you know, is very high. So, you know, mo- most property owners want um, top dollar for the property. So, so we're trying to look at creative ways on contacting, you know, people. We actually had a call yesterday with the with the guy out of Columbia. You know, it's 23 duplexes on one on one lot, roughly six acre lot. It's about 46 doors total. And you know, when we made the call, he had, he had several questions for us. But when we answered a couple of questions for him, he got very interested that that we were just you know average investors, small investors, and he liked that we were actually digging and and you know had some grit about us and was actually out there trying to find find someone that would sell us. A property. So he's open to an offer. We're looking at it right now. We're actually putting some numbers together. I think we'll call him back on Tuesday next week and and, uh, and see if we can work something out with him. Uh, he's on the property about 16 years and he's just he's just ready to retire out. You know, if we wouldn't have made that phone call, we would have never known that. You know, so focusing on that and going out, continuing to try to try to place some money into an, you know, into an asset that, that makes sense and creates a good return and, and value for our investors and ourselves. Awesome. So what is the best advice you have received? Um, you know, I'd say you know, going in and, and learning first, you know, don't go in into anything and make a mistake. You know, at the end of the day, you're, you're dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, you're dealing with a lot of good people because there are a lot of good people out there that's in this business um, and a lot of good investors. And, and you want to make sure you're, you know, you're learning first before you go dive in and, you know, try to place someone else's money and your money. Um, at the end of the day, you want to best, you know, invest alongside your investors. So you definitely need to learn and understand before you jump, you know, as far as, you know, guidance to others and, you know, something I always like to uh, to put out there is, you know, I, I feel being honest with yourself, you know, and others, you know, never lie, never mislead, you know, you don't ever want to cheat, you know, always treat others fairly. You know, I think the most valuable thing, you know, we have to give is ourself. I mean, I think it's very important in this business as well. You know, I think that's something, you know, investors really look for, you know. So, so I think that's always a, a good piece of advice to give someone. You know, and then there's one more thing. My, my grandfather always told me, too, you know, he was a military guy. And he always told me, he said, you know, he said, son, you, you know, you need to live through the pain of discipline. So you'll never have to live through the pain of disappointment. And what he always meant by that was, you know, always do your best, be disciplined to do your best. And nine times out of 10, you will get the results and the rewards you're looking for. So you won't have to be disappointed. Cool. Thank you. So any personal habits that contributes to your success, John? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, each day, I didn't always do this, but what I'm doing now is I try to create a, a habit of reading each morning. So I'll get up early and I'll read before everyone else in my house gets up. You know, I read a lot of, you know, financial books, kind of inspirational stuff first thing in the morning. You know, I, I like to look at it and say, if you if you pour a good cup of uh, positivity into your brain, you know, as soon as you wake up, you'll find that you, your day gets better and brighter each 
each day as you as you follow kind of that process. You know, I do not go straight to work or jump straight into my email box. I used to do that, and I, I just found that it created kind of chaotic, you know, a first chaotic couple hours of my day because I would try to go into that email and I would try to you know find I would try to figure out the fix for every email that I had in my in my email box, and it just didn't work well for me. So so now I just fill up my morning with positivity before I jump into uh, my standard everyday job. That's cool. So John, like any one book that impacted your life and what way? Yes, The Go Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. That's one I'd also like to say one more is Return to Orchard Canyon by Ken McElroy. That's a really good one as well. Okay, awesome. So how are you giving back to community? Yeah, we participate in you know a lot of different things around our, our local community. You know, we go to local events. You know, therefore good calls, and we participate in donating our time. You know, or monetary you know value as well. Cool. So how can we connect with you, John? Yeah. So you know we can. You, I, I always like to give up my phone number, and I meet with you know a lot of the, there's people in the area that that contact me or call me sometimes that that have heard kind of about what we're doing, and I always like to give out my uh, my email address and also my uh, my cell phone. But you know I can be contacted at John at bedrockinvestmentgroup.net. Also be contacted on my personal cell. I don't mind giving that out. It's eight four three eight five eight one two seven four. Cool. Thank you, John. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for coming to the show. Thank you, Rama. I enjoyed it. I hope you have a good day. Thank you. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing. Thank you.